Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. I'm Karen. Good morning. And uh, today we're responding to a client question mm-hmm. regarding what? I came about um, going for a walk and a lady asked me um, how I knew I was telepathic or how it began. She like, how do you figure something like that out? Mm-hmm. So she just said, I saw your website and I understand and I've seen you. And I know that you hear people's thoughts, so can you can you kind of explain it a bit? And I thought, that's a good question. Um, so it kind of starts with a story that comes to my mind first about my dad. And he had congestive heart failure. It was back in 2001. Um, he'd been sick for... 2000. Well, he died in, on, in, in yep. February 1st, 2001. And that was the day, really, yeah. of this story. But he was sick for a year to a year and a half before that with congestive heart failure. And uh, he had been in the hospital for a while, and then he was released to go home. And my mom and one of my sisters took care of him. And home care workers, <laughs> you have to have a whole team when stuff like that happens, right? Um, so he was back in his home. And we would go over, you you guys, you and Andrew and I would go over and um, you guys would swim in the pool. Mm-hmm. And I injured my back during that time. So quite often I was laying down. I had a hard time walking. Yep. And dad had a hard time moving. So we'd end up sitting quite a bit together. Mm-hmm. And um, I really enjoyed just sitting with him. Um, he just had a very peaceful energy. And um, so anyway, we spent lots of time doing that. And this one day in February, uh, on I guess it was... January 31st Uh actually and it was snowing heavily out it was just those big white heavy snowflakes that are gorgeous where you can hardly see anything like picture postcard was just so beautiful I I remember it so clearly I remember who was at my mom's house that day everything and um, so at this point my dad had been I think declared dead at least twice by a physician Given his last rights. Given his last rights by Father Norm. And um, he just he kept coming back. This guy had a will to live. <laughs> anyway, very Catholic. You'd think he would be joyfully pouncing or, you know, running into the light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope, not him. He still had work to do on earth, apparently. Um, so anyway, January 31st came. And I remember that beautiful, gorgeous, snowy day. And really nice and warm out and everything. And I walked into his bedroom on the main floor of the house. And he was laying in his bed. And at this time, he was, I'll say, nonverbal for me. Like I, like, I know that he could still talk to some degree, but he was not talking. So there, I don't know if it was a refusal or if it was just part of his dying process, but he wasn't speaking anymore. Go ahead. Well, I mean, with congestive heart failure, his yeah. breath was also very shallow and he had yeah. fluid on his lungs. Yes. So there's there's a personal interest to preserve your breath. Yes, your energy. Mm-hmm. Right? And um, so he was laying in bed and he hadn't been drinking water. He hadn't been eating. The doctor had been over again saying, you know, this isn't going to be long, but this is the third time now. And he's lived months after that sometimes. So anyway, I walked into the bedroom and I sat down on his porta johnny. Which right. if anybody doesn't know what a porta johnny is, it's a portable toilet. They're googling it going, "Oh, yeah. It's a it's a chair toilet mm-hmm. for people who are bedridden, but that 
they can lift them up and sit them so that they can still go to the bathroom and not in a bedpan or a diaper. Mm -hmm. So there was a porta Johnny in my dad's room. He, I don't know that he could even use it anymore because he was bedridden, but it was still sitting in the house. So it was in the bedroom. I guess now it was more like furniture than anything. <laughs> so anyway, so I plunked myself down on his porta Johnny. <laughs> Not to go to the washroom. Well, let's just be clear. Where all good stories start. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, eh? In your washroom uh, or in a public washroom. So anyway, so he's sitting on the port of Johnny. He's not speaking. And we're just sitting there, snow falling, and we're just looking at each other. And I know, and if anybody knows this period of time before someone is dying, where they're nonverbal, where they, they know they're passing and you know they're passing, and you're trying to squeeze another day in, or you're trying to squeeze another moment in mm -hmm. um, because you want to see them. You want to, now you can't hear them so much anymore, but you just want to be around them. So I just remember sitting down and looking and just, just looking into his eyes. And my dad had beautiful baby blue eyes. Mm -hmm. um, so I was just sitting there looking at him thinking, you know, when you want to imprint something, you don't want to forget it. So I was really trying to, can I imprint this? Is this something I can hold on to? And I started hearing these thoughts in my head. Hey, Karen Ann. And it was like, oh, sounds like my father. <laughs> and I looked over at him, like directly at him. And he's looking straight at me. Did, and I'm, Did it sound like his voice? Yes. Oh, cool. It sounded like his voice. And it was like, hey, Karen Ann. So I looked straight at him like, Jesus, is that him talking to me? Or is that just like me wanting to hear his voice? Mm -hmm. And he's looking at me and his eyes got a little bit bigger. So I looked away. <laughs> I look around the room and I can see different beings in the room. But at this point, I don't know why I have all these gifts because nobody will affirm them for me. They keep telling me it's all crazy shit. So I'm looking around the room and all of a sudden I'm seeing different people in the room, but they're dead. So I'm not saying anything. I look back at my dad. And I hear him in my head saying, Karen Ann, you have to listen to me. I have to talk to you. So I'm thinking, holy freak. I think I've lost my mind. <laughs> so I look over at him and he's giving me the okay sign. Mm -hmm. You know, circle, the nice big okay. And I'm thinking, is he giving me an okay sign? Because like we're actually talking to each other in our heads. He gives me another okay. Like, yes, yes, shaking his head. And I'm like, Jesus. I'm not going to talk out loud. I'm going to talk back and see if this is for freaking real. So in my head, I said, Dad, are you talking to me? If you are, can you give me a sign? And he shakes his head up and down. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I look at him and I'm thinking, holy shit. If that's actually for real and we're actually talking, then I really can hear people's thoughts. Mm -hmm. So I'm really going to try and figure this out right now because I got nothing to lose. So I said in my head, Dad, if I'm, if I'm, if we're really talking and this is telepathy and this is easy peasy for me and he's shaking his head again, yes, keep going, then I can see all those beings standing behind me mm -hmm. <laughs> and all around in this room. And he shakes his head vigorously, yes. So I look away, I look outside to the snow because I'm trying to get my shit together. I'm somewhat panicky, but somewhat completely calm. And if anybody has that moment where you find where you have an inner knowing, and now it's affirmed, there's an anxiety that comes with it about, oh, 
what this all means. There's an excitement, there's a happiness, but there's also an instant anger. And there's also sadness. Mm -hmm. So there are a whole bunch of emotions that are just like literally snowballing me. An oh shit moment. Oh yeah. And, and all mixed up because if anybody has been listening to the podcast shows, they'll also know that it was my dad that I called back when I was 20 years old and said, there's spirits following me around the funeral home where he took me to a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist said, no, that's mental illness. That's schizophrenia. We're going to put her into a home or a psychiatric hospital if she talks like this again. So I shut up. 49 years later, or no, not 49 years later, 29 years later, I'm 49. And all of a sudden, <laughs> this is all changing. Mm -hmm. And I'm just sitting there overwhelmed with it all. And overwhelmed that this is my dad, that this is all coming full circle with. But also how sweet and shitty it is that he's dying. So I'm, I'm getting to know who I am. And my dad is affirming it for me. But the moment that he affirms it, he's going to leave. Mm -hmm. That's like, it's all mixed up. Sorry. I thought I could do this podcast show without crying. So anyway, you don't have to. I think a lot of people will resonate with figuring out who they are and the feeling of it being too late, whether it's with a partner or a friend. Well, yeah, because, you know, I ended up getting that years later in a marriage too, right? Yeah. If it's, it, you have that feeling of it's too late. I've found myself now, but this other person is already disconnected or has already uh, walked out or I've already walked out. Absolutely. All of it. Like because you don't know how to stay when they, they say they love you, but they don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. So then you figure out, well, they're saying that they love me, and, but if they don't know who I am. I'm not allowed to be who I am. Yeah. And if yeah, I try to be and they say I'm not, then how is that loving me? I think that's worth crying about. Yeah. Okay. So I said to him, Dad, I can see all these beings behind me. This is still in your head. Oh, yeah. The whole conversation is in our heads. And I said, so you have to shake your head. Yes. Is that actually Uncle Bernard? <laughs> Aunt Sadie? Is that my Uncle Everett, who I never met because he died before I was born? And that is that Anna, Aunt Anna Mary? Is that? And I'm seeing all of his brothers and sisters. So anybody that's listening to this that knows my family is now knowing that I'm mentioning all my aunts and uncles that are her brothers and sisters. Some of the one, some of them that I know, that as I grew up, they were still on Earth and in my life, like Aunt Anna Mary and Uncle Bernard and um, my Uncle Bud, who was an uncle but not his brother. So they're standing in the room, and he shakes his head yes. So now I know he sees them too. So it's like, okay, does he see them because he has these gifts, or is he seeing them because he's dying? And mm -hmm. when we die. We do get to see our families come and love us. Well, we want them. Some of us. We yeah. search for them. Yeah, some of, yeah, you're right, some. And I turned around and I never met my grandpa McGinty and I never met my grandma McGinty, Sarah, Ryan, and Morris McGinty, I'll say senior at that point, though this is confusing because there's three Morris McGintys, including a brother of mine. <clears throat> but 
my grandmother and grandfather are standing there. And another woman, my grandfather's first wife, which I didn't know he, <laughs> he'd had a first wife, <laughs> that he'd had two wives. I didn't know that. So I looked and I said, Dad, is that Grandpa? Is that your dad and your mom? And is that his first wife? <laughs> and I'm like, what up? <laughs> and he shakes his head, yes. And I said, I didn't even know your dad had been married twice. And he shakes his head, yes. So and now I'm also learning something, like I'm learning new things in these moments as well, right? That there I have these two grandmothers, actually. So instead of having three, two, grand, two grandmothers, I have three. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, this is really cool. I have to ask my mom later if my grandpa had been passed twice to affirm for my dad because he's dying. So is this like where he's getting it all right? Or is he confused now? And and I'm confused. So it's like, well, I don't think I'm confused. I'm just going to go with this, but I'll figure it out. I turn around and I see Mother Mary standing there and Jesus. And I'm thinking, oh my, if they're actually there, and this is all accurate as much as I can see his mom and his dad, and I can see my aunts and uncles, then my dad is really dying (laughs) because He's called in what he would call the big guns, meaning Mother Mary and Jesus, because he was Catholic. Mm -hmm. So I looked at him and I said, Dad, is that Mother Mary and Jesus over there? (laughs) Like, seriously, standing in the room? And he shakes his head, yes. And then I hear his voice in my head say, Karen Ann, I'm dying today. I'm not going to make it to tomorrow morning. I know I'm leaving. And you need to know this is real and that you're okay. And I got mad. I looked at him and thought, as much as I want to hear this more than anything in my whole life, why would you do this today? And then he looked at me with sadness that it took for him to get to this point to accept it. And I thought, okay, okay, thank you. There's, there can be some gratitude in that because at least it isn't after he's dead. Mm-hmm. So if it means that he got it by one moment, by one hour, by one minute, by one day, whatever it is, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it and be really grateful for it. And I'm never going to forget it because of the importance of knowing that no matter what amount of time it is, that there's there's value to getting something. Well, I find that interesting because, you know, we talk a lot about accepting crumbs in relationships. Yeah. Um, and, and when you're in an unhealthy relationship, how we can stay when, when they, when people give us moments mm-hmm. or just sentences. Right. Um, but what the point that I wanted to make was if you look at the big picture, the sole contract between the two of you, if the ultimate lesson was for the two of you to, um, to accept the gifts together, to mm-hmm. affirm one another, mm-hmm. to be somebody's support system, then all it took was a moment. Yes. And in 81 years of his life, mm-hmm. he might have only had 10 with you that mm-hmm. fulfilled that contract, but that's, mm-hmm. it was complete. Yes. And when he gets to pass, while there might be regrets, the contract was still fulfilled. Oh, Kelly, you, it, the way you have said all of that it could make me pull my eyes out, but it's all true and I know it. Mm-hmm. That's why I said I accept it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say with gratitude. Because I can understand, maybe not particularly right in that moment when I'm feeling the feelings of the anger, of the sadness, mm-hmm. of, boy, wouldn't it be fun to be able to share these gifts and be this way with my dad? 
he did fulfill the contract so that I can be with my daughter, that I can mm. be with my son, mm -hmm. that I can be with another partner, that I can be with my clients or with um, a doctor or a friend or a complete stranger mm -hmm. that just uh, where it can resonate. And that if, if we can share this, that wherever somebody gets it, we don't mean it to be crumbs that you stay for crumbs like you you're talking yeah. about but that if it's to fulfill a contract and as we know it is that um there can be appreciation mm -hmm. and i know i know this might sound um well i don't want to go down this path but it, there can be a lot of beauty in breaking a contract too yeah uh, so i don't i'm not trying to stress one one importance over the other mm -hmm. or say that one is right and one is wrong mm -hmm. um but I kind of wanted to talk a little bit more about life review as well, if that's okay. Oh, yeah. Because I think about sure. um, if what you're saying is that your father only had, you know, those 10 minutes with you or those 15 minutes at the very end of his life. And, and he did pass at 4 a.m. Mm -hmm. uh, on February 1st. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, that was also affirmed for you mm -hmm. that you heard correctly. He wasn't making it through the night. And that my grandfather had two wives. They're like, yeah. yeah. Um I, you know, I think about the life review where he gets to look back at what he did and did not do, what he felt and did not feel, mm -hmm. um, you know, all those actions and inactions. And if you can look at the, that blip in time, mm -hmm. that, that 10 or 15 minutes where there was so much love, mm -hmm. so much connection, oh, yeah. uh, so much authenticity, whatever, you know, word you want to choose, that life could have been like that. And I think that's where regret comes, yeah. is that if 10 minutes was that beautiful, what how, what could life be like or could it have been like had I worked harder? Mm-hmm. And had, had I, you know, broken open the way I think that that box that we always talk about. Mm-hmm. And like you say in his life review, perhaps he can look at what he chose to believe, where other people said believe this, follow this, do this, versus believing what I am believing who I am and that that can be a very strong conflict mm -hmm. with what I'm taught or told is who we are mm -hmm. as human beings. And that's different from culture to culture or religion or yep. country or house to house or room to room mm -hmm. <laughs> that there's so that there are so many differences and that ultimately sometimes we think that there's no choice because we are born into it. And that this is how we're raised because this is where we're born. So if I'm born into this country or this religion or this home, these are the beliefs I have to abide by till the day I die. Mm -hmm. And that in the very last moments, as much as he was raised one religion, Catholicism, one, um, one, I'll say one structure or one belief system, I, I, that at the very end in, those, in that last day, he chose something outside of that. Now, having said that, some religious people or Catholics would say, no, he didn't. He just totally would continue to live it because he was still in love. He was still, he was still um, connecting. They can, you, can, you can use your words in different ways depending on what your belief system is. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Well, he still wanted Mary and Jesus in the room. Yes. He still had faith. Uh, and if you I mean if you go far, far enough back in the Catholic religion, then you can see where psychics and mediums were used. Yeah. Um, for for people in the church. Yes. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe they look at it where he 
he was able to fully accept Catholicism. Who knows? Yeah, fully accept the whole scope of what that religion was actually trying to say to people. Um, but, but as you say in the Life Review, that that's his opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that he gets to see what he did with that and the contract between the two of us to fulfill it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Is there anything else? No, it's your story. Okay, I'm done. Okay. I like what you brought to it, so thank you. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that you shared that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Am I ending it? Would you like to? Oh, I'm going to try. Okay. Everybody knows this is just a stab in the dark. <laughs> I wonder if people click the podcast off at this point. Oh, she's going <laughs> to fuck it up. Just turn it off. It's too uncomfortable. <laughs> Yes. Okay. So if anybody has questions or comments, um, they can email us at info at Um, And we look forward to another show on another Saturday morning.